G'day guys, welcome back to another crypto catch up. I'm your host Ted and I'm joined by the great man Pav Hyundai. I could just say, hey Pav, how you going? <laughs> you don't have to. Oh, we, know, we know I don't do that. I've got to spice it up. Right. How you doing, Pav? Good, mate. It's just a two of us today. I know. Tommy's left us again. Currently talk today. I think he'd reached his quota, his cap for his Ted and Pav time. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm looking forward to having him on again. Yeah. Yeah, busy for, man. For the time being, it's just the two of us. So. That's right. We'll have to make do with each other, mate. Yeah, looking forward to it. What's going on? So lucky. You came, for the, you came for next weekend? What's next weekend? Crypto convention? Oh, of course. I forget. That's this weekend. This weekend, next weekend. Yeah. As, yeah. as if you want to be pedantic. The semantics of it. Yeah, it's going to be good. Aussie crypto convention down in Melbourne. It's always a, you know, never say no to a trip to Melbourne. And now we get to go talk about crypto in Melbourne. I'm looking forward to seeing you on a rip and tear. <laughs> What do you mean? Away from the kids, mate. I know I know how this ends. Mate, rip and tear for a guy with three kids is asleep by seven. Yeah, but you don't have three kids this weekend. You're a that, free that, man. That's the thing. I'll just use it to sleep. Fair enough. No, I'm going to have a good time. Yeah, good. If you're at the convention, you see Pav on a tear, stay clear of it. <laughs> Get out of his way. All right. I hope we've got that out of the way. Semantics. <laughs> uh, hey, market's looking good. What do you think? Yeah, mate, I guess just a bit of a, a flat week from last week. Like we had a lot of movement last week, especially with the old coins and Bitcoins remained at that 34, 35K. Mm-hmm. So it's positive signs, I guess, for people that were expecting it to go back down to say 30K and retest that area. What I found interesting was that, you know, we had this Bitcoin rally, which is typically followed by an ETH rally and then L coins, but we kind of just skipped ETH altogether. <laughs> Which is like, poor old ETH, I was waiting for it because I, I have a bag of ETH in my account and I was just oh like, you know, I was like, can you please do something? That's good. So I'm not really sure what the cause is for that. I don't know what you're talking about. This has been bumping and grinding. I'm pretty confident off the top of my head it's been three weeks of green. Yeah, there you go. Three weeks Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it didn't have the rally, the big- Oh, like, an, like an explosive rally. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm looking for, I'm keeping a, a strong eye on ETH over the next few weeks because I think typically rotation goes into ETH and then on altcoins and, and because oh, we missed that, really I think- speaking. I think think there's there's got to be some movement there well this is like yeah if you're trying to find a reason why like this is potentially a good way to frame it so if you look at like a chart or just valuation you don't have to look at a chart ethereum versus bitcoin so for ethereum to start outperforming sending it to the heavens it has to really start to show some strength get bitcoin so i'll show you like solana btc for example that's what you want something that just looks like it's trending to the upside mm-hmm. and you know if you're looking at price targets as well for solana where it could stop like against bitcoin there's still some distance to move so until ethereum starts to catch up to bitcoin i can probably see that not doing too much but look it's in a good spot i mean if you wanted to see some bottoming or some reversal signs this would be the space where you want to start to see it so nice little area on the weekly so we'll see what happens yep what do you got for us, Pav? Mate, look, look, I've got a lot of things. I want to start by just zooming out for a second. We get kind of caught into the weeds, I guess, being a weekly podcast, not thinking about what's to come. Mm-hmm. I would say we're probably selling ourselves a bit short there, but we're essentially about 180 odd days away from the harvening. So historically, this has been a massive deal. It's a real sort of milestone for the industry. It's usually when you start to see the market start to expand, historically speaking. But it's also a time where we do start to see any potential last minute killer rips and pullbacks as well. So the one thing I would say is in the last cycle, which is here, March 2020. Do you remember what happened in March 2020? Does that ring a bell for you, Ted? I do. I joined SwiftX. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, that's what you're referring to? No, not at all. No, not quite. Tell me. That wasn't. That's not when you... Anyway, it doesn't matter. COVID. 
So that was when we had the COVID crash. Like there was apologies. A- I joined March 2021. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Um, there was a flash crash across all markets back in March 2020. For some, that was largely well, I'd like to think it was not premeditated. Something very unexpected. So the markets reacted in a very unexpected way. If we look at previous cycles, when we've been this far out away from the halvening, it's actually just been more or less a bump and a grind with a little bit of a retracement into the halvening. So think back to like when we're talking about the Litecoin harboring back at the earlier part of this year. And, you know, we were talking about how it's definitely a a swell to the date, but then I sell the news of it. Bitcoin harboring's sort of similar. So you want to essentially treat the run up to it as potentially being green, bit of a sharp sell off leading up to that date. So that's kind of what I'd be sort of framing and what to expect in the coming weeks as well. But I mean, once you get past this little point, once you get past this little threshold, you know, historically speaking, the blue line here is a 200 day moving average. Once you stay above that, it's all off to the races and we start our little bull market trot. So how does that make you feel seeing something like that, Ted? So that sort of- Yeah, I mean, it's important to see. I think historically speaking, we're about 18 to 24 months off the peak of the bull market. Like that's just looking back purely at previous bull markets. Absolutely. So there's still a little bit of time to accumulate a few of those major assets, Bitcoin and ETH, mm-hmm. um, because it probably will get a bit choppy towards, you know, like in the period from now to the halving. And yep. then it, historically speaking, it's a bit more clear to understand what happens from there. Yep. So I guess what I'm doing is I'm using this opportunity to dollar cost average. I know I've said that before. Like I think this the time to be able to accumulate is running out. It's still a decent time to buy in my opinion, but like that time is running out, if you know what I mean. Well, let me just show you something else before we wrap up on this, Steve. So this is Bitcoin that I just showed. So I want to show total three, which is the total market cap removing Bitcoin and ETH. So there's not as much data on this one, unfortunately. But the one thing you will note is that with altcoins specifically here, uh, again, this was during the COVID crash. But if there is going to be a correction leading up to the harbening, there is a massive, massive capitulation potentially coming. So while Bitcoin might drop 20, 30%, mm-hmm. your altcoins could die anywhere from 30 to 60 to 70 percent depending on how strong they are technically fundamentally market cap wise as well so not to say this is a shoe-in of get ready to buy a massive correction but just saying if a correction does come it'll be far more painful on altcoins than it will be on majors such as bitcoin and eth leading into this i guess yeah main event hopefully so are you referring to the end of this year or start of next year for a correction yeah. Well, generally speaking, it could be Q1 next year if it is going to happen. That right, sort of right plays before the run up. right before the run up. Yeah. And that that's, I think I've shown it before. I don't have it with me, but like we looked at uh, seasonality with the Dow Jones index, which is a US index and election cycles. And next year, which is an election year, there's all historically been negative gains in the first quarter yep. in, in like even your traditional markets as well. So don't ignore seasonality. Seasonality does matter. Seasonality honestly picked the July top that we had for a while. Seasonality picked the choppiness we saw in September. So yeah, I would just say that's potentially a way to look at it. And obviously the ETF is the biggest headwind we're looking to see. Mm-hmm. Sorry, tailwind. Like once that comes, a lot of everyone sort of thinks, cool, well, that's it. We're off to the races. But you know, if the announcement comes at a time where the market's looking toppy, it might be a good place for things to sell off as well. So news goes two directions. Yes, could be positive and negative as well. Okay, cool. But other than that, sorry, just finish. No macro news this week, really, to sort of drive anything to move in any direction all of a sudden. The JP Jerome Powell from the US Treasury has got two speeches on that he's talking on, macro economic conditions. So unless he says something out of character, which he hasn't, he's been holding pretty steady, saying hi for longer. Yeah. Uh, we 
shouldn't really expect too much to change from what we're seeing right now. But they did pause interest rates last week. They did. So that was big. But when they said that too, didn't give too much away again as you yep. like, because everyone's waiting for that. We've done enough or we think we've done enough or the hard part's over. Like Once things like that start to be said, everyone looks to fleet to on-risk assets probably a little bit easier. But right now you're still sort of, could be again like choppy, like we talked. That's about. the first month yeah. that we've had in a while that hasn't been a rate rise, right? Uh, yes, that's right. How long are we talking? Remember, mate, you put me on spot. I think it's been one to two cycles since yep. there's been a rate increase. But I think what's key is there's still no insights into when rates are dropping. I think if you look at speculators and when they're putting their bets, it's like late 2024. But again, like if something happens to regional banks in the US, which I think is currently an issue again, you know, that could force them to do something a bit sooner. So yeah, it's hard to know when that's going to happen. Okay. Yep. Mate, let's stop boring the audience. Let's jump into some old coins. I was falling asleep myself to be honest. Yeah. Let's pivot quickly. Let's pivot. Yeah. While we can. Pivot to value, mate. What do we got? So top movies in the last seven days. So what I'm looking at is PancakeSwap is up about 90% in the last seven days. PancakeSwap's one of those, you know, one of those projects that had a huge pump in the last bull market because it's a decentralized exchange on the BNB chain. Mm. And BNB, obviously, it had a pretty strong bull run. With, massive ecosystem. Yeah, a lot of big ecosystem, a lot of decentralized applications happening there. Kind of tape it off this bull market because a lot of the shitcoin trading was happening in that bull market. Correct. Definitely didn't happen in the bear market. Yeah. But it's interesting the pancake swap is up in the top movers this week because it looks like the news here released a tool called Position Manager designed to make the process of providing a liquidity to the pancake swap liquidity pool more accessible and profitable. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Yeah. And they announced on Twitter this week that they've surpassed 20 billion in trading volume on the BNB chain. So that's a lot of dollars. Another milestone. Yeah. And I contributed to that trade. <laughs> Me too. That last market. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a nice interface, isn't it? It's simple. Yeah. Like colorful. I think it takes the very playful, the overwhelming techie part out of the, uh, you know, Dex trading aspect of it. So that's what I liked about it when I first jumped on it. Yeah. Right. But then I got a little bit too addicted to it. Yeah. So it was, did you do those up and down markets? Gross. No. Oh, that, that dude, that's just good. gambling, isn't it? It was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for, for anyone that doesn't know... We won't, actually, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll move past that one. No, nah, but yeah, it's essentially you bet every five minutes or one minute if the market was going up or down, Yeah, and that was it. It was like yeah, a, yeah. what you'd consider like a binary option, I guess. It's literally like playing roulette. Pretty much. Yeah. Unless you're doing some like TA on it, but... <sighs> Look, I'm sure the house was still rigged against you with the odds yeah. somehow. Other news in terms of gainers, Neo. I swear we were talking about Neo in one of the last podcasts recently. I think we're talking about older coins. Are they going to make a comeback? Yeah. And we're yeah. just like, you know, well, if they don't have a use case or they don't lift, you know, sort of be a good competitor and what's in demand in the space, we don't probably won't see them come come back to life. So good to see. Um, I know that if anyone's been around in crypto as long as I, like everyone's probably got your just leftover Neo in your random wallets. But they've essentially made an announcement that they'll be making a side chain compatible with Ethereum virtual machines. So importance there is that ecosystem will be able to plug into Ethereum-based blockchain DeFi products. So interoperability is a big thing when it comes to DeFi. So to be able to move your funds from one chain to another because the rates are better or there's uh -huh. got better pools for generating fees. Yep. So that'll be big. I think to get some DeFi applications a must-have these days for any project or infrastructure token. So interesting to see Neo go there. And yeah, off the back of that, we saw Neo up 47% for the week and gas, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is also one of their native tokens in the ecosystem, uh, yep. 138% too. So 
Good to see. Four hundred percent in the last thirty days. If you keep in school, that's not bad. Pretty good. Pretty good. You know, Neo is one of the top performing assets of all time. Like, yeah. I think from its ICO price to its current price, it's like up there, like just behind Bitcoin. Yep. We haven't heard about it recently because it's ranked two hundred. Like that's it used to be in like the top ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive. So it hasn't had much news about it or anything like that. But I guess yeah, it's still building and developing and innovating. So. Uh, speaking of building and innovating, mm. uh, another one to, I guess, we've been watching on the list is Elrond, well, it used to be called Elrond Gold. It's now Multiverse X. So they're up to the tune of 40% for the last seven days. And yeah, last 30 days, up 80%. This was a really, really big performer also back in the last market cycle. Very strong team behind the guys at Elrond Gold. So they, yeah, in early, no, it was late 2022, they rebranded to Multiverse X. And they recently just had, uh, at the end of October, a massive, or well, they called it X Day, hackathon type of event where they just also went through some key announcements on their new ecosystem they've been building, like what's their place in market. Usual spiel, to be honest. I read through some of their notes. It's all about multi-chain interoperability. Just talked about that already. So being able to interact with multiple brand chains. They're all about creating their own ecosystem for things like identification proofing, using, again, another buzzword, ZK Sync, so zero knowledge. Yep. So they're really heavily leaning into zero knowledge. You know, so is Polygon, so is everyone else at the moment. But that sort of tech stack hasn't really gone live at the moment. So I think that'll be one theme to probably watch if everyone's trying to think about a category or theme that might go next. You know, you've got your AI, you've got your GameFi. I think even infrastructure from a zero knowledge tech stack point of view could be a good one to watch. Yep. And I'm not going to explain what that is in this chat, but go away, look into it. It's actually not too complicated. In one sentence, can you explain it? It basically means you don't have to provide information, well, in two ways, as a product, as a transaction occurring, but also as a person. With a DAP, you don't have to give away more information. Like you can essentially verify yourself or your transaction with one entity, mm -hmm. but because they're all subscribed to this similar verification model, everything else will accept that same token. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have to go to the bottle low because you want to go to the bottle low. Um, you don't have to technically hand over any ID or filling out some sort of government form. Instead of handing over ID, you've got some centralized body that's already verified that you are who you say you are. Yep. And then you just show them that token or that receipt and that's enough for them sort of thing. So I'm glad you explained it because we will touch on a story in a bit between HSBC and, you know what, let's just jump into it now if you... Yeah, let's go. Yeah, so we'll jump to this story, which is... Polygon and HSBC, so the bank have teamed up for a digital ID integration. So for anyone that doesn't know, digital ID basically verifies that you are a human. Yep. Basically become a concept kind of this year, especially because the evolvement of AI and yep. you know, we saw WorldCoin. WorldCoin ballistic. Yeah. Right? It was a CEO of yeah. OpenAI created Great. the problem and the solution. Yeah, exactly. Hilarious. Genius. Yeah. So yeah, HSBC teaming up with Polygon essentially for that reason, like mm -hmm. the way it works is it's using Polygon ID, which you store some documents in a wallet. For instance, could be a birth certificate, could be diploma documents. It uses those documents to verify certain details about you. Could be age, could be a citizenship, could be your uni degree. So yeah, like you say, no longer it needs to be a manual process. It's just got a system that can do it all as long as, you know, everyone uploads the right things. It's a good sign because the banks are looking to integrate this technology into their traditional infrastructure. Like front-facing will probably be pretty easy, like probably won't be different to anything we currently use. But the fact that they're using Polygon in the back end is another yep. strong adoption play. Especially since Polygon, like a lot of the brands they partnered with last year were... Well, sports and... Yeah, like, like mainstream media brands. brands and... Typically to facilitate like NFTs and that sort of thing. Mm. So this is a bit of a different play here from HSBC that's using Polygon's infrastructure and another product that it's used. 
similar to kind of how ANZ Bank teamed up with Chainlink. Chainlink. Yep. Um, we covered that a bit in, over the last few weeks. So yeah, another interesting story to, to cover off on there. Not very good. So it's all coming together. Again, like I do think this is a theme everyone should pay attention to. So we'll see what happens. Another news? Sam Bankman freed. We're still talking about this guy. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of done, right? Like we all saw this one had to play out the way it did. Guilty as charged. 115 years jail. Maybe this is the last time we ever talk about him. Well, the means finally the healing is done. I don't know. know. I'll wait for for people to get paid back before I say that. Yeah. um, He's been locked away. The key's been thrown away. And we might never hear from him ever again. That'd be good. Facing him to 115 years. And he's got another case. Yeah, still pending. Facing him to five charges in a court case next year. Yeah. So he was found guilty on all seven counts in this trial. And he's facing him to another five. Yeah, it was like, I think one of the four hour deliberation by the jury they just like, so, yeah. yeah that is insanely quick for a case of this kind because when you're dealing with white collar fraud and crypto and tech it is very confusing and a lot of the laws around fraud are, are quite you know if you're not completely across them they can be confusing mm. so the fact that the jury went away and deliberated for four hours of seven counts and basically went bang guilty on all of them just shows that he was he was done he was done yeah he was no good what do you reckon? Do you think that's kind of like it for crypto, hopefully? That's the biggest fraud case we'll ever have to deal with? Man, I think it is. I genuinely think it is. I mean, it's probably the biggest fraud case of our lifetime. Well, definitely our lifetime, but I think even in recent history, like I probably should do some more research into it before we make more. Yeah, there was that stockbroker who basically had a huge Ponzi scheme running and he managed to, to run it for years and years and years, but that had nothing on what SBF did. Mm. So... Yes, in our lifetime, I think this will be the biggest fraud case and hopefully it never happens again because, especially in crypto. Yeah, we, we're done. We're ready to just move on. Yep. I don't know if this is good or bad news yet, but XRP news. Hey, there we go. Could be XRP news. There's a mandate that was passed down from a recent court case, I guess, update between the two guys on November 9th, essentially setting a date in the sand where SEC and Ripple have to engage, have to talk to each other, have to come to an agreement on where this court case will now proceed to. Mm -hmm. The actual charges, I think, a lot of people speculating they'll be dropped. There'll be a final send off to this ongoing case. But yeah, there's still nothing solid in the ground of like when, you know, what's actually happening with this one. So it's still all speculation. Yeah. One thing I will say, XRP is looking absolutely mint. Is it? Chart. It's also had like three green weeks and yeah, it was had a massive resistance level that got broken a few weeks back. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised with this news catalyst and everyone sort of starting to buy up if that does happen, you know, targeting like the July to December 2021 20, highs even, you know, up around that US dollar, one US dollar per XRP probably wouldn't be a bad shout. But again, like there's two ways this one can go, I believe. Something good comes out of it in the sense that they actually finally put it to bed, say this is what we need to do next. But once that's done, SEC yep. folds, in which case could be like the biggest news catalyst XRP's really ever seen come to fruition. Or number two, they just say, hey, we had our chat and now we're going to touch base again in 12 months time and they just keep kicking the can. In which case, this could be a sell the news type of event as well. So just be careful if you're trying to take a punt on this one. Yeah, I'm just reading a story as well. Crypto attorney John Deaton claims Ripple set for near certain victory amid SEC string of legal defeat. And so he's saying that a settlement of under 20 million, meaning Ripple having to pay the SEC under 20 million is probably a good result for Ripple. Yep. I think also as well, like just to end things and, and yeah. move on from these would be a positive sign for both parties. So imagine- Maybe not for the SEC, but for Ripple <laughs> and yeah. just the crypto market in general would be positive. We've got to think SEC, I don't know. 
I'm speculating, but you'd think they'd have a budget that they've got to attain to. And if they know they're not going to win, why keep spending money on it? Yeah. Unless there's something else going on, which, you know, who knows? Yeah. Uh, what else is happening? <laughs> Speaking of the SEC, hey. I thought this was pretty funny. This story that says that the SEC is struggling to hire crypto experts, which, I mean, not really surprising. If you're a crypto expert, do you really want to go work for the SEC? <laughs> Like if you're well and truly in the weeds of crypto and trying to build, innovate, you know, work on your own project, why on earth would you go want to work under Gary who's trying to shut it all down? And the other caveat is that you can't own crypto when working for the SEC. Similar to, you know, if you work there, you can't hold stocks and and work on cases involving those stocks and involving those companies. So not surprising really. What about the gains? There's no gains for those guys. Exactly, exactly. Like what I don't understand, like this is not shocking at all, but it's just another one of yeah, those. Yeah, It's just funny. Yeah, just another one of those things where the SEC takes another <laughs> another hit <laughs> and the hits keep coming. Speaking of hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so have you watched this full episode of Elon? Uh, I started and then Rogan? I had to get distracted. And yeah. I didn't get to finish it, but I was like listening to the bit where he was talking about why he bought Twitter, which I only got halfway through, but it sounded interesting. Yeah, he really likes going on Joe Rogan, doesn't he? I think this is a, his third or fourth time. Yeah. He didn't smoke any weed on the potty this time. He came out with some interesting things. Firstly, Rogan asked him about Sam Bankman fried and if he knew oh, him. Really? And he said like, oh, not really, but he heard of him when he offered to, you know, buy Twitter with him. And he said his bullshit meter went off like <laughs> that. And he couldn't have been more right on that front. If you want to pull up that tweet of him talking about NFTs, because NFTs is something that we've been speaking about a little bit lately. I'm going to give you Elon's take on it. There you go. The NFTs, the funny thing is that the NFTs aren't even on the blockchain. It's just a URL to the uh, to the, the JPEG. So it's not even like, it's like you should at least encode the JPEG in the blockchain. It's like if the URL, if the company housing the image goes out of business, you don't have the image anymore. Yeah, so pretty much taking a shot at NFT, the JPEG type, you know, the yeah, yeah. Yacht Club yeah. and the Bitcoin Ordinal fans are coming out of the woodwork saying, <laughs> no, we don't have this problem over at Bitcoin. So, yeah, I don't know. What, what are your take on NFTs? Like, obviously, we've been talking about a new bull market coming around. We saw the explosion of NFTs in the last bull market. How do you think that will evolve in the next cycle? Surely we're not seeing the same thing. Yeah, I'd say we would. Why wouldn't we? I don't know. I History just... always repeats. Don't you dare tell me it rhymes. I will slap you. <laughs> um, no, I think it'll repeat. Like we've seen it since like two cycles ago when CryptoKitties started. Like everyone's like, what the hell is this? I think it'll evolve is what we've always had to say about NFTs. Like the final state's probably not set in stone, mm. but NFTs as we know them, it may not be the releases that were popular last round. Like there'll be just new volumes and new releases, new artists, like the thing is, like, when, I don't know, you could probably think back to it. Like, when we're at the, I guess, the absolute mania stage of the cycle, hmm. that's when the NFTs were going mental. Because I don't know what it is. Like, I wonder if people just think, oh, I don't know how to invest in crypto, but I know that that looks like a cool picture and it might be worth something. And they just see other people spending and making heaps and they're just like, okay, I can get my head around that more so than I can. Yeah. What token I'm going to buy because I don't understand the the technicalities behind how a token works. I think also like people would see these photos of apes going for millions of dollars yeah. and see another cool photo of say like a penguin, yeah. you know, with a chain around its neck and it's like, that's cool. Like, that, why can't that go? I, I literally think that's gonna, that's definitely going to happen again. Uh, my personal opinion, I think there needs to be way more utility for these. Uh, no, I agree. But these I don't think the JPEG alone is going to sell it. 
I think in-game items yep, yep. is going to be huge. Yep. I think uh, that's true. Yep. I think NFTs will be huge for digital ownership yep. and verification, like maybe even tie into what we were talking about before. Then maybe even real estate. No, of course. I think the actual use cases are somewhere along the lines of, yeah, real world token digitization and tokenization of assets. Yeah. There's definitely like, even with NFTs, like you can make some pretty awesome exclusive membership products with something like an NFT where yeah. let's say you put a thousand NFTs out there and, you know, once a month you get to have a Zoom call with Justin Bieber or something like that alone would probably have more value than an NFT of Justin Bieber, yeah. right? So yeah, like, yeah. there's actual real world value if you value that, right? Yeah. So, but like, what do you think the trend will be in this next cycle? <laughs> I hope it's GameFi because there's a lot of promise there and it's in the terms of like, there's NFTs that could have value on a marketplace because, well, you can see it. Mm. Um, and you can use it. And you can use it. To me, that makes sense. Like, I mean, I think we're definitely going to go through the JPEG era again. Just another little quick speed run. But like, I really hope that that next deep layer of the actual use cases of NFTs comes out. But not to say there's anything wrong with collecting pictures, but it's not my cup of tea. I don't quite see the value yep. a lot of those things. And yeah, it is all just perceived. So unless you know as a specific artist and they're about to maybe be on their way out and this is their last little thing for the world like, mm. that makes sense i think some bands were actually yeah releasing the kings oh, of leon yeah, kings of leon they were like the first one NFT. so that like i get it's like an exclusive drop i get that album. right yeah like that's exclusive big name that makes a bit more sense to me yeah. oh there's like simple things even like buying tickets to festivals where if you bought an nft you got number one like a digital reward but number two it puts you in the draw to then win a package to the yeah. next year's festival yeah. so it's kind of like it creates like a little bit more of a, a different way of doing business yeah from like a loyalty program perspective like i think that's cool as well i want to know if real estate's going to be like it's got to be tokenization of real estate is going to be big in this next cycle i think so well i hope so yeah i mean because most people can't really afford to buy a full house right so like yeah. why not buy a portion of a house yeah well it's 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 interesting like the regulation paper that's uh, currently being proposed in australia would be supportive of products like that mm. to be made safely and be regulated so that's a huge yeah. huge deal yeah yeah do you want to go halves on a house uh maybe one hundredth <laughs> yeah okay we'll do that <laughs> got too many shower works better yeah fair enough but in the same caveat, like we literally just saw last night a Simpsons episode come out about NFTs as well. And it was pretty funny. Like I'll, I'll leave it playing in the background, but they literally just made absolute fun of NFTs. But at the same time, all the news articles are like, oh, the Simpsons missed some mark so hard. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really interesting. Interesting. I haven't watched the episode. So what's... No, I haven't seen it either. What's the angle? Oh, uh, Homer turns butt into an NFT. Oh, right. He <laughs> says, hey, Marge, you know how we always said the kids should be more fungible? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah, it's good. But um, I mean, getting on The Simpsons is pretty big. Oh, that's what I mean. Like, it seems weird for this to be making mainstream appearances now with the cycle, the market being where it is. Yeah. Like if you saw this when everything was at, let's say the crypto market's at $6 trillion or something, and you see something like this, you'd be like, oh, it's probably a toppy indicator. Yeah. Like, to see it now, it's really interesting. Yeah. Even if they're taking the piss out of it. Yeah. Now. It's, it's one of those things like I used to hear celebrities talk about, oh, we made it on South Park, even though they were getting roasted. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I've, I've officially made it. So yeah. It's kind of a similar... Yeah, definitely. Thing we're seeing here. That's good stuff, mate. Cool. Just before we go, guys, I wanted to kind of shout out the crypto convention again. We've mentioned it in previous episodes. We do have a promo code that you can use at your checkout for 30% off tickets. It's happening this weekend in Melbourne. So by the time this episode comes out, you got to get it on pretty quick. 
Pav, Tommy and I will all be down there. We'll be recording some live potties, so come say good day. And just wanted to shout out as well that at our booth, like the Tap into Crypto booth, we'll be giving away $10,000 in Bitcoin. Full baby. So not 10,000 10, Bitcoin? Or 10,000 Bitcoin is somehow mistaken, which would change. Oh, that's good. But 10 is great. Like, it's a bit of a skill-based game. I won't tell you what it is because i got to leave some, you know. A little bit of razzle-dazzle. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. So, yeah, come check it out. Excellent, mate. Well, that's okay, a wrap. There. That's a wrap. We'll, um, we'll be chatting to you all hopefully next week. Yeah, cool. See you guys. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.